0: How to put on the headphones and see how it sounds. Oh, that's great!
1: Hello, and welcome to the Adventures in Odyssey ScoopCast, your source for the latest in Adventures in Odyssey reviews, still in podcast form for those who can't read. And don't have time to. I'm liaison. Let's get started! Okay, guys, no waffling this time. We are just gonna jump right into the review of the third episode in album 63 up in the air. It's called Friend or Foe.
2: All right. All right. So the next episode is called "Friend or Foe." This is episode
1: eight twenty eight,
2: and this is I think this is Sam Suksuri's first episode that he wrote for the main show. He wrote one for the Adventure or the AIO Club or whatever. Yep.
0: Oh, interesting. He's yeah, good job I, I I felt like this guy three, has a
2: decent. Uh, understanding of the tone, or at least, I don't know, I, I, I like the way he he writes the tone of the show a little bit more than some people. I'll go further They're, to say he's yeah. the new Nathan Hoobler. Um, really? Yeah. Okay. I it, really love his, his writing. Is backstory similar to Nathan Hoogler too?
1: It is. Uh, he grew up with Odyssey, and he applied for a job at Focus, and they gave him a writer position, very much like Nathan. And
2: then he fell into a vat of radioactive juice, and the whole world exploded. <laughs>
1: exploded! <laughs> <laughs>
0: i'm just gonna say yeah, i yeah. love that of your joke, eggs of the, but i'll uh, talk about that, that later episode is great
2: so I, I, if you don't mind i'll start on this one because i um, i like this episode Oh, um, go for it at least more than some i don't really like jules that much i appreciate though what she's done to connie's character though because connie now has something to struggle with a little bit she connie was kind of flat for a couple of years and didn't really have anything to do um, yeah so this is nice for her to have you know to try and figure out how to be a mom she is a terrible mom um <laughs> And I kind of <laughs> wish this episode had been a little bit more about Connie learning to be a little bit more understanding and communicate with Jules rather than just Jules learning to respect Connie's rudeness. Well,
0: that's what Crash Course Pardon? is for. Well,
2: tr- is, is that what happens? Yeah, but sort of. nah, we can get to it then. How about you okay. wanna... But yeah. I don't know. I, it seems like even though I like the, this guy's um, writing style, I don't really agree with his theology or philosophy very much. Oh, <laughs> What was the problem with it? The moral of this story is that kids should just mindlessly submit to whatever authority figure they're given. And uh, Connie is being really overbearing and annoying and and not making an attempt to try to connect with Jules and discuss values. She's just telling her what to do. And that's that. This would maybe make sense if Jules was a five-year-old kid, but Jules is a teenager. This is like, have a real conversation. Like the episode opens with Connie just being like, (laughs) she's being horrible.
0: And why are you being so negative? This is just me being me. Okay, well, why don't you be you while wearing actual clothes and being home on school nights?
2: So I I related more to Jules in this episode than... uh, Well, I I guess you're supposed to relate to Jules because she is the main character. But I I really was like, yeah, this is an annoying authority figure and they should work this out. And they don't work it out. Jules just learns a lesson about how she should just just listen to Connie no matter what. Aside from that, I did like the... I felt like the pacing of the episode worked a lot better. I felt like Valerie played the... uh, the plastic mean girl really really well and I really really genuinely hated her by the end of the episode that was like well done the jokes in this episode are are pretty (laughs) at least you hated the characters that are supposed to be Odyssey does a good job when it's trying to be make somebody bad because (laughs) it doesn't always but in this case the the villain character was genuinely unbearable so that was great yep I liked the chains of despair gag I feel like they did a little bit more of that gag in a different episode and had like hilarious names of songs and stuff or was that in this episode I just missed it this time around.
0: It was in this episode. I don't remember if it was. I think it could no, have been it another wasn't. episode. It was, like it was the first I thought that was probably... pretty funny though.
2: The, all, all like the song titles and yeah. stuff. And
0: did you hear that song? Where like I'm so good. unhappy. <laughs> that
2: was pretty funny. I liked that. I mean, it, it was it was still pretty dumb, but like it, I don't know, Depression. it landed for me for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I remember. don't really like though is that the music though for whenever they're trying to do rock music in Odyssey john campbell does everything on a midi computer which is like fine for most cases but whenever if you're trying to make an electric guitar you just you can't do that with software it never sounds like a guitar like i i I was willing to forgive this when i was younger like during the novacom series for some reason but even then i noticed like this doesn't sound like a guitar and at this point it's like the show has continued to progress production wise in every other aspect but just get a guitarist to play something It, it it really sounds so midi and low budget.
0: One thing that I thought was also funny in the episode so far as like tiny little gags was every time they went yeah. to school there was like this this thing of like, Okay, put the food in the cans for the can drive going yeah. over the loudspeaker. Keep the food. I was going to say, though,
2: (laughs) as far as, like, I I was saying, I felt like it should have focused on Connie learning a little bit of a lesson about being a better parent, too. And I I was thinking, like, is this just because Odyssey is too much of a conservative show where they just want to, you know, always hammer down the conservative values of respecting authority but in the past they've actually done this better i'm remembering an episode with dale jacobs there's an episode where robin's like listening to music that he doesn't agree with and Mm -hmm. at the end of the episode they learn how to communicate better about things they disagree with they disagree about and and have a conversation about values and robin does take the position of like that she shouldn't be listening to this music or or is this done i'm mixing up kid characters i think but but anyway in the episode It's not just about the kid learning a lesson. It's about them having this disconnect culturally and and the adult not understanding what the kids are into, but then ultimately they they figure it out together.
0: I liked that episode because, in the end, in this episode, I don't disagree with the message of... Like, you need to respect authority. I do agree with you that it could have balanced out the episode if Connie had also learned a lesson. Because it's not enough to just say respect authority. You also need to say, okay, authority, don't mess up. Or at least make an attempt to understand the
2: people that you're responsible for watching out for.
0: Right. If you're going to lead, then the best way to lead, in my opinion... Is in a way that makes people and want and don't to just follow. make people sweeping statements about things that
2: you're you don't understand because you're afraid rules. of. Like well, I Connie... see a lot of cases of. Sorry,
1: I, I'll just wait until it's my turn. To <laughs> talking, actually. It's going to be long. Okay, it's it's your turn to talk. Go for it, man. All right. Well, didn't right, yeah, Connie kind of say that at the end? Uh, I don't. I'll go back and talk about the dialogue at the beginning. But when she's talking to Jules, Jules, uh, Connie says, "Do you not understand why I give you limits?" And Jules says, "Yeah, because you don't get me." Connie says, "No, because I do get you." And Connie was once in Jules's place. Connie knows exactly what Jules is going through. She's been there before. So when Connie is seemingly overreacting at the beginning, it seemed very reasonable to me that Connie wouldn't want Jules to be going to the concert. She wouldn't want Jules to be wearing a very skimpy dress to the concert. Um, So those two situations are isolated. And in the other episode, in Crash Course, we can see Connie also trying to develop the way that she talks to Jules. But in this episode... It's only about Jules' rebellion to Connie. So whether or not Connie's a good parent is uh, sort of up in the air at the moment. But for this episode I feel like Jules had the better lesson to learn. Not only to listen to authority but also to have better discernment about what she does. Does that make sense? Yeah I think I agree.
0: I think the only thing is like so far as what Connie could do so far as being a better parent. I think the only thing she could do at this point is because rules aren't the only thing you can do you can also sort of think like okay if i were a kid when i was like a a (laughs) punk teenager that's what i'm noticing um, at the end is is, is connie's you know when she's having that
2: conversation with jules at the end she said like jules says you don't get me that should have been a longer conversation rather than connie just saying i do because obviously she doesn't get her like maybe she she understands what it's like to be in that position but she doesn't she's not making an attempt to i don't know
0: i feel like a, a lot of like she, she understands H- has but she there's tried to, contempt has, and yeah, less she tried empathy. to
2: understand whether or not this, tried to have a conversation about whether or not this music actually is bad or if Connie just doesn't like it. Cause I, I see so many times parents making these sweeping statements about music or about clothes or about whatever sorts of media that they just haven't taken the time to try to understand what it's actually about. And they're just like, think, oh, that looks, that reminds me of such and such. And therefore I don't like it. And therefore my kids should stay away from it.
0: So my thoughts, I actually didn't think it think of the Robin Jacobs episode first. My first thought was actually under the influence. Mm. Oh, yeah, totally that yeah, one, too, good one. Uh, from album 38. I thought it sounded a lot like that, but if they took that episode and made it a kid that's an agnostic instead of a kid that's supposed to be a Christian. I think Aubrey Shepard was a Christian, right? She was, or, ex- no, she was she, deciding whether or not she wanted
2: to I be... I guess she was in the same yeah. boat. Like, she became I, a Christian yeah, at the end of the somewhere. episode. Well, the soundtrack reminds me of it, too. Yeah, again, the terrible guitars.
0: But yeah, I liked, in this episode, I felt like it was maybe, a, I guess, a purer version of Under the Influence, because in Under the Influence, you have Aubrey, and she, like, she wants to be the good kid, she wants to kind of do the right thing, and she's kind of resisting all along the way, but then this one, it's like, okay, this character's just kind of going for it. Like, there's maybe a little hesitance, but it's more, she's just okay with rebelling, you know whenever she decides to rebel there's not a a fight of Mm -hmm. conscience and so i guess it's a little bit more like it's interesting because i kind of understand the character's motives and i'm not being given like this character who's supposed to be the good guy and for some reason is being the bad guy it actually makes sense for them to do the bad things that they're doing i did really like this episode where buck is uh like whenever buck's talking I really like sort of the relationship between Jules and Buck that's sort of developing where he was the bad guy. And I don't feel like we've had an, a character in Odyssey yet who was the bad guy and is now the good guy and is actually the good guy. And they is they able almost to had that with Richard of Maxwell, of wisdom,
2: but they didn't that. really take it anywhere. Yeah. And hey, remember how Mitch was, was yeah. actually originally going to be Richard Maxwell, but then they changed him to yeah. Mitch? Like Aram? Right. Oh, that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Anyway, so we got some ratings on that this one? That was interesting yes yeah can i go first i think actually i'll go last with
2: the rating <laughs> okay Well, i went first giving my thoughts so i'll, I'll rate it first too okay
1: did lee get to I, give his I, thoughts? I did a little bit um do you, have, <laughs> do you have some more thoughts you want to share real quick <laughs> well yeah first i want to say whenever i listen to the scoop i'm always like taken aback by all the opinions i hear like i didn't think of it that way at all uh so it's really it's really cool to actually be talking <laughs> to you so i can actually push back but i do hear everything you're saying and i think they are valid thoughts with this one I, I wrote down in my notes, I love Samsung series writing. He seems to really blend the uh, the action and the dialogue together. That's something that I don't know, kind of moving ahead to one of the uh, one of Paul McCuskers episodes is where the characters will be talking about what's happening in the episode, then all of a sudden they'll be talking about the moral. Uh, like why are you doing this and stuff? But Samsung Siri really blends them together. I did like Buck. I thought he was a little bit one-dimensional though because he didn't really do much. He was just there, showed up and was, "Hey, I'm the good guy and this is what you should be doing." And we didn't really see Buck's emotional reaction to it, but I thought that it was a he was a good foil to Jules. And the last note I'll give is that I want the sandwich that Valerie and Jules ate. The bacon pastrami, barbecue chips and peanut butter.
2: Oh, that does sound kind of cool. I think I'm going to give this one a uh, a solid 7 out of out of 10. Oh, what, and you were just hating on it. What are you talking about? No, I liked the pacing of it. I just thought the moral was garbage.
1: <laughs> okay. So if we had a good moral, that would have filled in the last three points. Oh, well. Uh, okay. I would give it, objectively, a nine out of ten. Wow.
0: I think I'll give it uh, an... We have to
1: be picking rating you know, units here, say... though, man. Oh, you man. give it
0: nine what's.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah, so what yeah, did you say? Forgot. Sorry, I, 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 I'm going to give it... I'm actually <laughs> going to change it. my rating. It, it's 6.5 chain links out of ten. Oh, okay i felt I like i was
1: being a little generous there with seven i'll give it a nine jalapeno poppers out of ten and i'm gonna give it eight <laughs> midi tracks out of very
2: 10. fitting okay so so pretty solid scores on this one
1: well with that out of the way let's move on to the fourth episode in album 63 up in the air this one was a little bit controversial but uh, let's see how it went this one's called have a heart All right, so
0: Have a Heart is the next episode okay. that we're going to be reviewing. Um, Yay! What did thumbs think up, of buddy?
1: two thumbs up for Buddy. You guys are going to disagree with me. Let's hear it. Okay, I disagree. <laughs> I do not like Buddy uh, a, one bit. Okay, maybe one bit, but not more <laughs> bits than that.
0: Buddy, tell us all about it. First of all,
2: didn't really like the the character that much since they introduced him. I wanted, wanted to give him a second chance and and like hopefully they could develop him a bit, and make him really. He's like Trent or he's like Lawrence, but yeah, both neither of, of those. Them, yes, b- oh yes, b- so both of I those guys point. are actual characters. Buddy is is just the caricature. He, he's he's just the I imagine I ha- have these imagination sequences along with uh, a very deep and developed personality. What I know do you, you, you- mean?
1: Okay, okay. Well, I want to hear your on that. Come to in a second.
2: <laughs> to, to me, I, I don't feel like Buddy's been developed at all. This is yeah. He's been in like three or four episodes now, I think. And mm-hmm. so far, I don't know. I, I just don't really care for characters where in any given episode they could be replaced by any other generic character. And that seems like the case for this kid other than the fact that he has the imagination thing but that's the only thing he has going for him and it, and in most cases in this episode anyways well in, in his first introduction episode too, the imagination sequences are not that great um, um. The, the, there were a few in this episode that were initially at the beginning they were they were so thrown in, and they happened so quickly you didn't really couldn't even really catch what was going on and it didn't really I don't know I, I, it felt more tacked on than it was a uh, was interesting
0: Get in the car. I thought I had another six weeks. No your mission to be as annoying as possible to all living creatures in order to be a distraction from our top secret mission was a complete success.
2: Do I just like Trent and Dwayne and, and sorry not Lawrence Oh actually, it's Trent Jared Lawrence couple other characters because yeah. Jared was kind of the same thing too maybe I like those characters more just because they're from old, old Odyssey but I think it's because those characters are more interesting and I probably need to expand on that to explain why but I, I I'm not sure if I'm smart enough to to explain that in this moment yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, my other point about that, and this is what I was saying about Buddy in the beginning is that Buddy was introduced as like I don't know what a nine-year-old kid in his first episode did they say how old he, he was
0: I thought I he was a I think teen, he's 12. But 11 or 12 I assumed
2: he was, he was really really young because he seemed like very very childish and stupid in this episode though at this point his voice has changed so we have to assume he's at least what 13 or 12 i don't know that's around the age when your voice changes right okay so so maybe he's 14 which it doesn't help because if he's 14 and he thinks that having a heart transplant can actually change your personality how (laughs) is he uh, i have no words how are you so stupid i don't know any 14 year olds that are that dumb
1: You want me to go ahead? Okay. Counter commentary. Con- counter commentary. All right, buddy we, is uh, me. That's my thesis to this whole thing. Oh, I was, I'm sorry. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't mean to, to knock on you so hard, man. Well, <laughs> well, well you better start taking <laughs> some of that stuff back. <laughs> because I was talking <laughs> to uh, Arista about this, and she <laughs> said, one, that she thought that I was <clears throat> Buddy's voice for like the few couple seconds since you first heard him. And as so we went then you're on. You're clearly
2: just biased. You're not even caring about how well of a developed character he is. I just even, like him because he has the same voice as I, you. I haven't even talked for 10 seconds. What are you talking about? Sorry. I, I'm, I'm just shooting <laughs> you me down. Go ahead.
0: Sense.
1: Anyway, um, we, uh, then as it went on, I realized, I found out that, that Buddy is really relatable for me because he has this inner innocence to himself where he um he doesn't really know what's going on. He hasn't really seen the uh, hasn't really seen what he should be Thinking, I guess in this episode specifically, he doesn't know about the heart transplant and or about what it can do. And my voice, actually, my voice did change when I was about 11 or 12. So he could be as young as 11. And if he is, then that does make sense that he would think maybe there are some aspects of his personality that are different, maybe not completely different, because he still remembers Buddy and stuff. But Maybe he can change. And seeing his character development from the beginning of the episode, uh, from his first line to the last, there is a difference. At the beginning, he's just all happy-go-lucky. Oh, wait, Dion's back. And then at the end, he realizes so God can actually change people's hearts. He does go through somewhat of a character development in this episode. And in his original episode, I didn't think he was, he was stupid that much. I thought that during his interchanges with everyone else and all the dialogue he had, he actually did make a lot of sense that um he was very nervous and a lot of his imaginings came out of his being nervous and in this episode too i think one of the the sequences the one at the 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 last one the mad scientist laboratory i didn't like that one very much
2: if he's going to be the first person to ever survive getting
0: flattened by a steamroller he's going to need some transplants
1: ah. but the other one <laughs> Well, anyway, um, all the other ones, this episode handled tone, I think, pretty well, except for the last imagination scene. All of the other ones take place when the stakes aren't really that high. But then once you start to know, okay, we're going to investigate who gave Dion the heart, the episode seems to become a little bit more serious. And we only have one more scene of the mad scientist thing. And then once you start talking to Eric, then everything you don't have anymore and the music becomes a little bit more serious the dialogue is a bit more serious in that sense i've kind of trailed off but that's that's what i think so far
2: i felt like the episode got i guess it's finally got serious i don't know i i just liked dion more when i kind of wish that he his character had have actually developed rather than just like changing and coming back as somebody totally different Mm because like Dion's, especially his interactions with um like his interactions with jay as well as um buck okay yeah i i I liked where their arc was going i thought that was really interesting and now they've just kind of made that disappear and they're they're not going to do anything with it this this seemed kind of a wasted opportunity to actually do something with dion's arc because now it's just a okay dion is a different character now
1: well that that can affect uh, you know he was in the mm -hmm. uh the maury episode in album 61 so whatever changed now he could become i don't know like maury's antithesis in the future Hmm. interesting that'd be interesting My thoughts, I like this episode a lot,
0: just sort of because it covered Mm -hmm. something that was a little bit more serious. We're actually dealing with a story of a kid who died, and like it's serious, and we get to see these characters' reactions to it. Um, I did feel like, personally, I fall sort of on Garrett's side as far as how I feel about Buddy. I think the one thing that kind of separates Buddy's uh, imaginings from other kids' imaginings in the past is that... For his, it's sort of like, okay, we're going to take whatever scenario he's dealing with, ramp it up about a million times, and get some really obnoxious voice actors to come in and play these characters. Whereas with the other ones, it actually seemed like something these kids would be daydreaming about. Like yeah, Trent's that's right. They were a little overblown. Were Th- these ones here? They were trans characters were based off of things like, that you kind of assume. Okay, is it called on in class where people um, on TV where
2: his like teacher is is being a Nazi and like yes. sending the dogs after him? Like that yeah, was that an was awesome it. sequence. To
0: She's to in that
2: moment, his man. he's, he's processing the actual <laughs> situation that's happening. Right. Well, that's why I, I i did like the frankenstein scene a bit more than some of the other scenes because that scene was was sort of him the actual yeah, event whereas the other ones were just kind of tacked on that imagination he's to sequences think about. that didn't weren't doing anything else other than being an imagination sequences yeah. to remind you that hey this is buddy and this is his character gimmick
0: i feel like buddies is a little bit more close to the spec like on the spectrum of those two examples it's closer to let's make the lab rats talk because that's funny
2: that doesn't make any sense it's funny
0: because it's unexpected then let's have this person's anxieties communicated via like what What do you call
2: progress what's that called where you take different concepts and have them personified uh, an allegory that's the story that way an allegory yeah like um, it, it, it,
1: the, those are it's
2: allegorical play and then this is just a, i don't know a, a character
1: gimmick I think the first one with Buddy with Dion in the CIA was kind of like that, but I I thought that one wasn't too long. Uh, that one, I I yeah, was a bit of, little o- bit amused by that one.
0: The like. if buddy. you look,
1: um, I don't know, right there. if you squint your eyes and, as Wooden would say, tilt your head and squint your eyes or something like that, you can see how they fit into the um, Buddy's anxiety. Uh,
2: one thing I will say though is that the the scene where with the mom listening to Dion, Dion's heart that mm-hmm. that was pretty um pretty like genuine. I almost cried a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm. Which is partly why I did. Oh, wow. I did cry, actually. That's partly why I gave this episode, a, I think I gave it a a five the first time. Five out of five the first time mm. I heard it. You and didn't a, like that? What? No, no. A five out of five. Oh, okay. I, oh out um, of five. Okay. Oh, which would be 10 out of 10. The first time I heard it, based solely on that scene, because that scene, I don't think that I'm objectively wrong in saying this, that it was the best scene since Life Expectancy. Oh
0: my. Yeah, now you're gonna make and me cry again. the whole episode
1: was writing on that scene But then when I went back and thought about it It does start off humorous at the beginning and then get serious at the end But with the imagination sequences in it does that really work listening to the yeah. episode a second time? It doesn't work as much as I thought it did it was funny the first time when I didn't know what was going on But now I know how serious this one is and I'm thinking maybe part of the humor didn't work
2: or at least made it tonally kind of all over the place yeah
1: at, towards the beginning though
0: i'm gonna go ahead and say my rating for it
2: yeah let's do ratings. we all said what
0: do we about think about it so. i don't like buddy but it's not enough for me to hate the episode i can just kind of be frustrated with buddy put that in a box and enjoy the episode as the episode so i'll give okay. it a nine out of ten, Nine out of Our ten um frog, <laughs> frog, trans- <laughs> frog transplants
2: okay um even though i did like that scene that was really the only redeeming moment for me in this episode so i i'm, I'm going to give this one just a pretty average rating cuz the good kind of somewhat cancels out the bad and i'm going to say it's a uh, it's just a 5 it's it's in a, it's 5 uh flat boring characters out of 10 um,
1: well the, the bad is the, in the, the eye of the, the beholder the, uh,
2: the other bad I was going to say though about it is because consistently so far every episode of this album has done this the, the lesson at the end really seems tacked on again e- even though it's talking about How somebody's heart can change. Chris just like totally undercuts what the episode is about and says, "Yeah, I I guess that can change your heart, but you know what can really change your heart is Jesus Christ." And it's like that—that's not exactly. It's like that's not the the plot point that changes Dion's heart. It's that he had a traumatic experience and realized the value of his life that somebody else. Like you could almost relate those better and make it like you know you feel more valuable and you you want to change yourself as a person because Christ gave His life for yours and valued your life. and like maybe Dean did value himself but she doesn't do that at all it just it it's, it it sounds like she's undercutting the the actual plot of the episode to include a, a bible lesson
0: only god can truly change that person's heart
2: there's that Except, so she says only god can do it but literally it was not god
1: in the episode no because, because well i think god it's per, god made it so that he exactly. could get but god you think god he it he could have said point. somewhere in the episode that Dion became a christian <laughs> oh, no okay Mm, so yeah just cut chris out of the episode and we're good most of (laughs) mostly
0: i get the idea sort of what they're trying to say i think it would be interesting to see if dion stays a good person because that's the that's the thing is that like a traumatic experience it can change your perspective but it won't bring about lasting change like following Mm -hmm. jesus can not not that I'm saying all Christians. I, are I don't I don't know if anything. I even agree with you. Just though, Just sort Ryan. of the idea. Of- I, like
2: I definitely see people what? who are not Christians who had like traumatic events that caused them to reevaluate their lives and they became better people i don't know to, to yeah. me that's a perfectly reasonable thing to say that, that yeah a traumatic experience can change you and that's fine that's what this episode is telling us but yeah. then chris just says no actually it's jesus that changes right. you and so this episode is wrong like she's arguing with the, the point the episode is making if, if you want to make it a biblical lesson well, and, one, and like yeah maybe the reason that or one reason people might change because of the whole gospel message is because mm-hmm. of not initially valuing themselves enough to feel like they should be a good person I don't know like that, that seems like what what Dion is, is kind of struggling with like he's insecure and he doesn't even he doesn't think that he's a good guy and so he doesn't act out being a good guy and then he sees that somebody else thinks that he's he's good good enough to give their sons heart for yeah and it's like that if if like that really applies to the gospel message of like okay you don't feel like you're a good person but god sees potential in you enough to to give his own son for you to have a life and and be better to me that's a great message is just that chris did not get the episode very well somebody needs to explain to her the plot
1: (laughs) so uh i I gave him my rating it was five out of ten have we all given ratings now yeah i'm not done yet i uh okay i like this episode but i'm gonna give it an eight out of ten okay but something Oh boy, I feel like I'm the only person in the Odyssey fandom who likes Buddy. Hmm, maybe that's... I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Adventures in Odyssey Scoopcast. If you enjoyed this review, you can leave us a comment at odysseyscoopcast.com. And while you're there, you can check out all the other reviews that we've done. I mean, not me, but, you know, Kevin, Ryan, and Garrett have done a lot of other episodes and a bunch of other people have been on the show, too. And if you'd like to talk more about this podcast or about anything on Odyssey in general or anything that's not connected to Odyssey, really anything, literally anything, you can go to odysseyscoopcom forum to visit the Soda Shop message boards. Next time on the Scoopcast, if all goes well, we'll be wrapping up our review of album 63 with the fifth and sixth episodes in the album. You won't want to miss it. Until then, I'm Lee Asim. And remember, never be without the Odyssey Scoop.
0: I wasn't sure how I M- thought. My roommate in, in college like, used it to it make these to um, <laughs>
2: peanut butter, chicken, and onion? Sandwiches, what? and surprisingly, those are really good too. I don't know. Peanut butter randomly goes good with some things. I, I don't understand it.
0: If you if you're thinking of old uh, villains in Odyssey, there's Rodney, there's Rusty, and then no, there's, he's there's Rodney, Rusty, that. and then there's
2: Dwayne. Dwayne's a bully, or no, not Dwayne. Sorry, Dwayne. um, Butch. That's
0: it. Hi, I'm JD Sutter, host of Audio Theater Central, and chair of the ATC seneca Awards Committee. The Seneca Awards recognize excellence in the world of family-friendly audio drama. The third annual awards for productions released in the year of 2019 is just around the corner, and we want to invite you to tune into the broadcast. Join us on Friday, July 24th, 2020, at 7pm Pacific, 10pm Eastern, as we award winners in 11 different categories. In addition to announcing the winners, we'll have guest presenters, short audio drama features, and more. The broadcast will be streamed live at thesenecas.org and on 920 WON, The Apple, in New York City. For more information, head over to thesenecas.org, and we'll see you on Friday, July 24th at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern.